Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Co-op Radio's Wax Poetic, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm one of your hosts this afternoon, R.C. Weslowski. And I'm your other host, Pamela Bentley. And we have uh, someone in studio, in case you were at the Versus Festival of Words uh, last week or last 10 days or so, and you're feeling, oh, I still want more (laughs) day-to-day poetry every single day, and uh, oh, I miss Versus. We fortunately have someone who was a part of the Versus Festival as our guest today, Aaron Dingle. Hi, Aaron. Hello. We got the hair of the Versus dog. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> For any poetry hangovers out there, we've got, I would say heron, but Aaron. The heron. The Your heron. hair's all the over. The heron but. of the Versus dog. Aaron is the heron of the... <laughs> so true we'll get story. you to start things off with some poetry. All right. Um, I'll start with something geeky but fun. How's that? That sounds good. <laughs> My high school boyfriend Bevis and I had freaky geek chemistry. Like, he used to slow kiss from my shoulder all the way up my neck, and then he'd whisper the periodic table in my ear. And it turned me on like a Bunsen burner. It was my favorite weird word nerd intellect direct erotic high school experiment. I miss it. I can't hydrogen my desires any longer, so I ask you to play scientist with me. You agree to join my research team at Helium What Ails Us, because I'm sure you aren't a boron in bed, but scientists like empirical proof. So one nitrogen, I come over to study, and you take my coat politely, both knowing we will fall to the fluorine eventually, our cheeks neon pink and sodium leaking from my yoni. So I look you in the (laughs) eye and I tell you, I'll get on my magnesium if you satisfy me. And you grab me, you kiss me exothermic, and I am all um in um, because this is phosphorus. It's dirty makes clean, sulfur and chlorine. We are gone fishing for potassium and calcium, scandalizing scandium, hands chromium and lips nickelide, and I am so delighted Coppertunity finally came knocking. I had a zinkling it might, and now with gallium, you suggest a germanium event, my arsenic up in the air, and I say, hells yes, because I'd sell my selenium for more. Bromine's business, but, you know, actual good business, the kind that feels like play. Cerubitium and strontium, my milky ways, why threeum would we Stop, be ruthless, sedium, because isn't it time I rode your handium like a unicorn? My palladium and shining armor, my silver-tongued cadmium, just put it in, in, indium. But first, wait, 
I always keep my promises, so dropping to my knees, I owe dine like you've only zine on adult pay-per-view. I told you I would, and you cesium handfuls of my heaving protons and bury em yourself in my life experiment, cause all my numbers are under your thumb. Promethium fires spread, you good Sumerian, traveling my europium, gadolinium, erbium, terbium, thulium. We made it to 69. Yes! Tantalum me harder. Use your tungsten and right there, iridium all inhibitions, cause this is gold, it's mercury rising, my thallium thighs spilling sticky bismuth around your polonium while I grab your acetine and demand that you raid on. Just Mendelevium, nothing untouched. Ring my Nobelium, cause we might Narium get a chance to do this again. Darmstadium, Rotengenium, Copernicium. See, I don't even care about pronunciation anymore. Just give me all the elements hard, even the ones we haven't <laughs> named yet, like Anuntrium, Ununpentium, Ununseptium, Ununoctium, Un, Un, yes! I love science! <sighs> Thank you. Uh, but wait, uh, before we make breakfast, we can't be done just yet. Because, you know, proper scientists always double-check their results for accuracy. So you're going to have to bend me back over the periodic table once more from the beginning. And this time, let's be hydrogental. Uh, <laughs> what do you call that one? Periodic table. Periodic table. Does that include all the elements on the periodic table? It does not. When I first wrote it, it did, but it was almost seven minutes long. <laughs> and although I am a geek purist, I was like, nobody can hang in for seven minutes of periodic table puns, so I had to edit. Those yeah. are pretty good ones, though. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I kept although, the best of them. <laughs> although what you're describing would be fine at seven minutes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> or yeah. longer. Truth. Probably sure. longer. So you said that uh, before we were on the show, that was uh, initially part of a uh, burlesque piece that you did or with someone. Yeah, it was the, it was a burlesque piece for the first time, actually, where I was, I've was i been taking some chances back home and doing some um, like burlesque movement stuff along with spoken word. Because um, I've been doing hosting and emceeing for the burlesque community in Calgary for a while. I've uh, also come and just do poetry for them in between their oh, burlesque nice. sets. And we've always talked about how it's interesting that they're very anxious about how naked I am with words and I'm very anxious about how naked they are physically. So we were talking about doing some flip-flopping and trying other angles. So it was an adventure for sure. The first time I did it was in Saskatoon and I got on stage, got halfway through and for the first time ever blanked on all my words. Oh. And spent like 15 minutes staring at the audience just 15 lost. 15 minutes? Or 15 seconds. Oh, it, 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 felt, it felt like 15 minutes, but it was 15 <laughs> seconds uh, until I picked it back up again. But it was interesting how sort of changing the boundaries a little bit and trying to push yourself yeah. physically as well as verbally. It, right. It ups the ante in a big way. Well, at well, least you had a burlesque dancer there to keep going, right? Oh, Did no, you... I was the burlesque dancer. Oh, you were? Oh, oh yes, okay. I was doing both. That's oh, why I got I lost because I was trying to, to sort of follow both paths at once yeah. and uh, it was a freshly memorized piece. And um, you don't realize how challenged you can be with the words you already know until you add all of these other yeah, physical yeah. challenges as right. well, right? So. I've um, somebody here in the burlesque community told me how hard it is to get good hosts. 
Um, that's quite possibly true. Burlesque right? events. So I can imagine that you would be an excellent host. I can see why they've recruited you. I don't know if that's the same in Calgary, but I assume there would be some I challenges sus- at that. Yeah, I suspect so because like I've, it's sort of spread. I did something for like this one group called Nerdgasm in Calgary, who's amazing, and then someone else asked, and someone else asked, yeah. and I've been referred to as the poet laureate of the burlesque community in oh, Calgary, cool. which is a, a lovely thing to get. And yeah, I think it's nice to have someone come in and host who understands how to work the microphone that way and who also like isn't also doing burlesque or performing because they can be a good caretaker for the audience and for the people performing and just keep the space moving it's a Mm -hmm. lot of fun i like it and not talking about because you want to talk about risky things and you want to talk about fun things but you don't want to get inappropriate exactly i think that's what the challenge is for sure for some hosts so yeah and uh, if you've been doing spoken word for a while, you usually have pretty good practice at, at walking that line, right? For sure, so, for sure. Most definitely. Um, thank, yeah. Thank you so much for being here today because you are still in town. You are hanging out. Mm-hmm. Like last year, too, you stayed a little bit after the festival. And you're saying today that you love the rain, so you're happy that it's raining today. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. Well, last week in Calgary, it was apparently snowing, and I felt a little bit of giddy glee that I was not there for that. (laughs) I much prefer the rain. But yeah, I think it's uh, important, too. Like, I have a kid, and the festival is a really amazing experience, like any creative one, but... Sometimes if you can, it's nice to take a little bit of space to sort of reground with yourself before you go back to your life. So mm-hmm. I'm very lucky to have the chance to do it for sure. I'm glad you're doing that for yourself. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that means that you can be here today. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. So it's been about a year that you've uh, been on the show. What's uh, been going on poetry wise for you in that last year? I've been um, doing a lot of writing and actually going back, uh, like I've had a daily writing practice for a really long time, and I actually made a conscious decision to set that aside for a while, and I've been going back in and editing um, a lot of my older work, because I get really hung up on creating new pieces all the time, and sometimes forget about the work I've already done. So um, yeah, I work with a few people in Calgary, and also on my own to start going back through all of the work I have created in the last eight years, start picking through it and uh, trying to put together a manuscript. In in and amongst doing the rest of my life, because uh, yeah, my daughter's going into junior high this year, oh, wow. and has taken a lot more um, time and effort this year, just because as they get bigger, you want to make sure you're engaged and invested, so they keep talking. So. I like that you're saying that that it takes a lot more time and effort, but you have a big smile on your face. I want everybody to know that out there that you have a big smile on your face while you're saying that. Like oh. it's a it's a pleasure to take that time and effort. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. a lot of the effort is like you know playing video games with her and doing fun stuff like that. A lot of the stuff that you want to do anyway, just to show that you're engaged and invested in the things that your kids are interested in. So it's not exactly a hardship most of the time. Right. You know, I might get tired of looking at Minecraft after a while, but I can endure <laughs> it. It's all good. So, <laughs> um, Well, while you're here, let's have another poem from sure. our guest, Aaron Dingle in from Calgary, Alberta. And you're listening to them here on Co-op Radio, CFRO, 100.5 FM, and our show is Wax Poetic. Hmm. I'm just hunting through for a, a quick pick on which one I should do this time. Okay. Hmm. I'll go in there. Um, th- I'd like to share a piece um, that's a little bit newer that uh, I've actually only shared once for an event in Calgary. Um, Vancouver and Airwaves premiere. It's true, for sure. Um, I just have to find it in my list here. Okay, the problem with having eight years of poetry all on your phone is sometimes it's tricky to track them down. Is that um, the title? 
Eight years of Possibly. poetry, all on your phone. That so could be the title of my chapbook for certain. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is just talking a little bit about simple self-care. Um, the, it's been an emotionally challenging year uh, in my personal life, and I've had a lot of support from different people in learning the things you need to do to take care of yourself. Um, things like writing ridiculous poetry about the periodic table and uh-huh. things like this. I am old school classic, hot water cool, at least when I'm alone in my steamy bathroom. See, I take a bath, although I don't actually take a bath because this isn't a shop lift. This is a spirit lift. So I don't take baths. I draw myself a bath. I practice the classic art of bathing, a holy circle of waking womb to well my body ink and cleanse my busy think. As with most art, there are challenges to overcome. In this case, it's nearly six feet of my all-leg body and one Mm. small basin. But a plastic grocery bag thrust up into the bathtub overflow with the back end of a spoon gives an extra three inches of water to almost Mm. flood my lanky knees and my bionic boobies. Because necessity is the mother of creativity. (laughs) And I am a mother of a child very much like me, so I need baths for sanity. I always remember that most arts of survival are more prose than poetry. I always remember to pee before I climb in the tub. And my perfectly drawn bath is a water-colored coil of jasmine swing and sandalwood, ground soaked with salts to wash my salt off. So I run the faucet wild, a wild dog rush wide, wild fire throat opened with the widest brush wide, and then I add glacial trickles until it is just cool enough to stand, to sit, and to dissolve riddles. Every fickle follicle needle stiff as I sink down into the burn of it, sink down and down and back, and we are suddenly in sync. Me, myself, and I, my too small bath and my too small body basin that always just manages to be just big enough to manage me. And here, my mind might want to float back to ten nightmare times when hot baths held me together in the past, or ten nightmare things I need to accomplish next week, or ten other nightmare fears waving their ego fingers at me, but I am the now here. I am practicing the art of being. So I open my hands, I set my hands aside, and I ride my breath like a manta ray. I simply breathe. One. Two. Three. See, I am body in body in solitude. I'm gratitude. I am body of water of body of water of body of mother of daughter. I am still breathing in this midnight bathroom. My submarine serene. I pink tingle dingle in the steam. And I draw my bath in stick figure kindergarten scrawl. I play in the bubbles of breath until I spill over into my own cup. And then I remember a bathroom flood is not the arc end of days. It is a risk of shoving plastic in your overflow. (laughs) I can clean it up. I can simply bathe. I can simply breathe. I can simply be. Mastering the art of being is simple as one, two, three. Aw, nice little ending. That was wonderful. What was the line? I was right there. I was, I'm sorry. It took me a minute to come back because I was just imagining not being in the bath with you because then we'd really be overflow. But I mean, being in a bath like that. Yeah. With the, I like that tip of the overflow, putting the plastic Oh, it in. makes all the difference. Because we have one of those For big sure. ones and I never get it quite high enough mm-hmm. to. Yeah. 
You can buy a fair bit more depending on where it is on the side of the cup. Yeah, for sure. Crack realities. For sure. No, I was just kind of <laughs> lost in the jasmine and sandalwood and the heat and the breath and the steam and the overflow and everything. Thank you for that little respite. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, part of my, my process when you're talking about this past year is I've written a lot about very heavy stuff in my life. Um, I've had very good mentors suggest that you should spend as much time writing about the things that bring you joy as the things that have brought you grief. And so part of my process this year has been trying to use words to bring those delights mm. to life as vividly as the stuff that's very difficult and very challenging. Uh, especially when you do slam a lot, I think it can be very easy to get caught in the heavy stuff. And it's not necessarily the healthiest place to stay all the time. So why um, do you think that? Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, Arcee. Oh, there's a line in there. Uh, something is prose, but it's not poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the exact line? And could you explain um, that? I, I think it was something along the lines that um, most acts of, of survival are more prose than oh, yeah. poetry. What, what do you mean by that? Um, in this context, I guess it means that like they're messy often. Like for me, I guess they're not curated. Um, they haven't had the perfect pretty language or, or, or knowledge or answers applied to them a lot of the time and also that there's stuff like you know pee before you get in the tub like yeah. stuff like that like put plastic yeah. in the Prosaic. overflow right <laughs> like um uh yeah you know add epsom salts so that you can have magnesium and muscle relaxation like stuff like that that you know, it, it can become part of poetry, but in and of itself, it's it's prosaic. It, they're, they're simple, the real concrete, tangible things that you can say in very plain language. Yeah. I yeah. think that's poetic, though, those things. Yes. I think they're poetic, but I guess maybe it's that I think they're, they're elements of poetic. They're the prosaic elements that become the poetry. Mm. I guess in the context of also doing like a shared piece, maybe it's it's that fact that they're unedited, mm. perhaps. So you think of uh, poetry as you to use your word is more curated. Um, it, they've gone. Th- it's gone through a filtration process right. at least. It's you know, and then as you edit past there, you get into curated. But even like, even when you take feelings and concepts and experiences and, and, and turn them into language, you've already run them through a filtration sequence mm-hmm. once. Mm-hmm. And that's why even, you know, I'm already, I'm talking about taking a bath. I'm not just taking the bath. And right. I've been doing a lot of work this year on um, mindfulness meditation mm-hmm. uh, with someone I see back home. And that that whole pr- part of the big premise of mindfulness is to even step away from the words sometimes themselves and just be in the experience yeah instead because of telling you yourself sit the in the story words, yeah. that creates the story that creates yeah. the dynamic and that's why like in the poem when i talk about you know lying in the bath it's really easy to get start thinking about the past or think about like mm-hmm. oh i remember being here when this happened or mm-hmm. i remember needing it for this and instead pushing the words aside and just being present in the moment yeah i find mindfulness meditation helps me a lot i've been doing it since i think i don't know mid 90s or something um, not every day a regular practice, mm-hmm. but enough that it's always sort of there as a go-to, even in the busiest moments. Yeah. I can kind of drop into that, what you get when you're practicing regularly. It's yeah. amazing how that works because like, I'm ADHD and I've always been very resistant to meditation, but I've been doing it daily for over three months now, like mm-hmm. consistently without missing. And I have found that um, when situations arise, I'll have that extra big breath to feel where I am, to to take stock of my environment mm-hmm. and to step back when I need to. It's it, it gives me a 
a little bit of uh, additional emotional security, it feels mm-hmm. like at times, because I'm a high passion person and tend to sort of fall into my emotional response really quickly. Me I too. I feel like mindfulness yeah. brings me back. It gives me that extra five seconds I need a lot of the time. Yeah, and it also just allows you to accept whatever you're feeling yeah. instead of like putting it up on the shelf. So you just kind of ride the wave of it mm-hmm. and then it eventually dissipates, right? I mean, this too shall pass. It's, it's kind of cliche, but it's true. Everything, mm-hmm. the joy, the grief, whatever you're feeling in that moment is going to pass but if you get you know resistant to it it's mm-hmm. actually going to stick around <laughs> when you judge it yeah, yeah for sure it's definitely it's like one of those finger traps i feel like a lot of the time um yeah the more you're fighting some of those experiences you spiral the down stick around, yeah for sure um but that distance makes it a, a beautiful space for me and like the bathtub for me has always been where I came closest to meditation from when I was much, much younger, because I'm a, a really highly sensory person and I'm really sens- like sensitive to stuff going on around me. So I find being in a bathtub where you're sort of yes. dulling all your sensation up to your neck is a fantastic thing to sort of help me ground down and focus. So, Have you tried the sensory deprivation tanks? Yeah, and it made me super nauseous. I was really disappointed because I was super excited to go do it. And then I went and did it, and I felt like I was going to be sick the whole time. And then I had an earache for three days after because apparently I didn't have the earplugs in quite well enough, and I got, like, salt in my eardrum, and I had to use, like, hydrogen peroxide to clear it off. But I was sad. I might go back to a different place sometimes and and see if I have a different experience because I was very hopeful. I thought I would like it a lot. but Yeah, I think it would freak me out. I don't know if I could handle it, like, just being in that closed space and knowing that there's you know, only like six yeah. inches between your head and the top. And like, it just, it was kind of weird. Well, and part of it for me was that I, like, I have really hard time relaxing and like, you're supposed to relax your whole body into, into the water. And I'm pretty convinced I held my own head up for the entire head hour I was in there. Like I couldn't yeah. let go enough to just sink back into the water, which might've been part of the reason I didn't feel well after. So, um, mm. yeah. Um, I find, if I'm if I want to get into that sort of state, I like something that brings the scale of everything down, but doesn't necessarily remove it altogether. Right. That can be nice with something that just gives it a bit of containment. Same reason I like to hula hoop. So. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think I would be afraid that it would feel too claustrophobic mm-hmm. to me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like big sky. Oh, you got to come out to Calgary then. I know. Plenty well, of it I was, out there, you know, right? I grew up <laughs> there, sure. so <laughs> I'm about to go on a road trip down to Texas and New Mexico, so I'll get lots of black, big sky. Oh, absolutely. I would love for you to read another piece before we run sure. out of time. I can give you one more, most definitely. You're listening to Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM in Vancouver, and this is Wax Poetic, and our guest today is Aaron Dingle. And Erin, I would like to say also that you were out here for the Canadian Individual Poetry Slam Championships and that you made it to the final stage again. You make it to the final stage almost every year that you've done it, right? Is it every year that you've done it? The first year year. I was a sacrifice poet, and then I've been on stage every year. How how far along did you make it this year? Uh, This year I made it uh, to, I think I came in ninth. Yeah, you were in the final yeah. stage. I, you I, I, the pull, first I pulled round. bullet in the first round. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. these things happen. <laughs> so, I yes. was. Uh, I came back in from being out in the lobby doing stuff uh, when Erin was doing her piece, and I listened to that, and then I sat down, and then then the next book comes out, and the next book comes out, 
and the next book comes out and they're all women. And I was like, what is going on? Because I, I hadn't really amazing. been paying attention because I'd been sort of busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just, I, I was like, and then there was another woman. And, another, and I just was like, oh my gosh, it's finally happening. There's so many women on the final stage. Uh-huh. I was uh, like, uh, oh, I just hit the thing. Um, I know you're looking for your poem, but maybe before you go, you could talk, maybe say what that was like for I will. you. As oh, well. I, it was beautiful for me to see. Like the the cool thing about coming back to do soups a number of years in a row is seeing how it's evolved and how it's changed. And there were such powerhouse voices on the stage tonight. Um, as soon as I saw Ifra on the roster, I did uh, Ifra Hussein who won. I told several friends that she was going to win because uh, I was actually, she was in a bout with me at Welps last year, the Women of the World Poetry Slam, mm-hmm. and I felt she was robbed in her scores. And then she went back, I believe this year, and made final stage at Welps. And I think she won both competitions out east. And uh-huh. she's got a very powerful voice and a powerful message, uh, as well as... Uh, yeah, all the other people who made the final Misha stage. Patel, it was beautiful to see. Yeah, and um, and Cora Moore. Moore. Yep. And oh, my mind just went blank. Um, Bossom. Yeah. Uh, also made finals and Adina Green. Yeah, Adina, Adina Green, Green for sure. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It was lovely to see how they all had very different voices and different messages as well, and were talking about things authentically from their own perspectives. I know. And shaking things up, which is exactly what I like to see in Poetry Land. It so. just made me so happy. Yeah, <laughs> me too, for sure. So, hmm. All right. It's Abana um, Green, not Adana Green. Abana Green. Abana, yes. Um, I'm going to finish with a piece that I guess sort of falls on that nicely if it works well. So, the light is burnt out in the living rooms. But I'm just an artist. What am I supposed to do about it? How many writers does it take to change a light bulb? It totally depends. I mean, if I want light bulb writing, you know, the kind that sparks, I know I need to be more specific. So let's take baby steps. How many children's writers does it take to change a light bulb? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. (laughs) And an illustrator. How many novice writers does it take to change a light bulb? What? The bulb was totally perfect just the way it came. They can write in the dark. (laughs) Now, how many science fiction writers does it take to change a light bulb? Two, but both of them were actually the same person. There was a rift in the space-time continuum. A man bended up back in his childhood bedroom with his 10-year-old self. And then future him arrived as well, but covered in blood. And he grasped, screw, change, and then died on the floor. His body vaporized. And 10-year-old him and present him puzzled over the future him message. They decided screw, change must mean change nothing. So they played Super Mario and ate Pop-Tarts for days and days. And it was great. But then a massive 17th dimension vortex appeared by the laundry hamper. The entire bedroom, light bulb, and the sorted other small plot holes began sinking into the rift and the 10 year old realized screw change might mean to change the long burned out light bulb beside the bed why not <laughs> and before this final plot hole could be sucked into oblivion they changed the bulb together and everyone was saved and went back to their own realities with a faint headache and a feeling of inner light bulb eureka <laughs> how many editors does it take to change a light bulb three one to change it and two to hold down the author now, how many mystery writers does it take to change a light bulb? Again, we need two. We need one to screw it most of the way in and the other to give it one last surprising twist at the end. How many erotic writers does it take to change a light bulb? Well, baby, that depends on how many you want and how deep and how long you want that screwing to go. 
How many marketing writers does it take to change a light bulb? A vast and teeming horde stretching from sea to sea, held in the frail body of one brave writer, reaching out with mighty pen hands, twisting the light back on inside the heart of every person who's known how it feels to be alone in the dark, as seen in Canmore and in Calgary. How many academic writers does it take to change a light bulb? Well, based on precedent, we can theorize that the quantification of art and artists in relation to their relative light production in a figurative sense is subject to a variety of factors and parameters that influence both the quality and caliber of Lumen and demonstrate alterations among well-credentialed literati. And then, somebody else needs to fix that light bulb so they can see to keep reading. How many slammers does it take to change a light bulb? One or five or twelve or none, depending on the night, depending on the circuits of community, depending on how many fingers are snapping or how many lingering feelings are stealing the sage, depending on whether they choose the points or the page, depending on whether it's 314 or 228, depending on whether the light socket is seen as an animal or a proper costume or an instrument, depending on whether they get naked to change it. There's rules and all that. But how many poets does it take to change a light bulb? That depends on whether they got paid or got laid or got afraid or got delayed on route writing tankas about marmosets or crying in parks or trapped in treetop conversations or lost in the existential elation of a really good dump or whether or not they weighed the relative elements of their mortal soul today or it's Napa Rymor or Solstice or Festival or Mercury Retrograde or even whether they actually stayed for the rest of the light show or wandered off for cheap beer and nachos. With poets, you never know. But how many poets does it take to step up to the ladder? How many writers does it take to illuminate our sources of mutual blindness? How many does it take to screw burnt wires into spirals and spotlight lost corners and firework jokes and clear the aluminum smoke curling behind our broken walls? How many artists does it take to change? How many are necessary to regulate exchanges of power? How many artists does it take to keep restoring each other's light over and over through the treacherous electric caves of this world and this life? It takes all of us. That's awesome. I love that. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Our guest this afternoon has been Aaron Dingle from Calgary, Alberta, staying around after the Versus Festival of Words last week. Thanks for being here, Aaron. Thank you. This was lovely. Uh, Pam, let's get some announcements of events coming up. Yeah, on Sunday at Poetry New Westminster, Kathy Borey and Jennifer Zilm are reading, and that is Sunday, May 7th, 2 p.m. at the Heritage Grill. And then um, at the Slam on Monday night at Café du Soleil, 7 p.m. doors, 8 o'clock show. Get there early because there's often a line. It's Tanya Neumeyer. 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 So you say it. Tanya Neumeyer. There you go. At the Slam. from She's from Toronto. Uh, that They've been doing poetry for 10 years. And they were part of the 2012 Toronto Slam team. I don't know anything about them. Do you know their work, RC? Yep. And you're going to go to the Slam. Uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, go to the Slam. Check it out. Tanya's pretty, and that's- cool. Tanya's pretty cool. Also, uh, coming up on Friday, there's Christiane's Lyceum, which is basically 8th and Oma. It's on uh, Oma and 8th uh, and eighth and Broadway, but uh, Oma, 8th and Oma, more and or less. And is that 7 o'clock sign up? Uh, no, you sign up in advance online. So go to Christiane's Lyceum for the Facebook event. And you can sign up in advance. There will be some, uh, you can sign up at the door too. Uh, but the door is about eight o'clock. I think it's six bucks for uh, getting in. And uh, show starts around 830. Awesome. 
So I'm Pam Bentley. I'm R.C. Weslowski. Oh, Aaron, quickly, if anybody wants to get a hold of you and you want them to, where can um, they do you that? You can get a hold of me on my website, www.digitaldingle.com, or find me on Instagram as Digital Dingle or on Facebook as Aaron Dingle. And are you on Twitter as Digital Dingle? Yes. Ah, okay. Sporadically. <laughs> Sporadically. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Uh, Wax Poetic Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. No apologies necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what?